Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to have joining me Mindy McCulley, our Extension Specialist for Instructional Support, and additionally, Jeannie Badgett, our Senior Extension Associate for Clothing, Textiles, and Household Equipment. Welcome to both of y'all. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Mm -hmm. So, I'm excited about today's topic because... I can always use some help in this area, and we have titled this Dressing for Success, and just in the professional world, sometimes getting up and getting dressed can really be a challenge, and I hope I'm not alone (laughs) in that, but really figuring Mm -hmm. out what is appropriate to wear in specific settings, and I know today we're primarily going to talk about um, dressing for success in terms of a job interview, but really and truly, it relates across the board in any type of professional setting. It's not appropriate for us to show up to work in our cutoff jeans and t-shirts. That's just not something that we do here at the university. And lots of industries have those same codes, dress codes, that, that we want to follow as well. I think that many of our podcast topics apply to both men and women, but I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there too, and maybe this is just in my own head. I think that professionally dressing is much more difficult for women. I tell my husband all the time that there's just no female equivalent to khaki pants and a button-down shirt and throwing in a blue blazer in case you need it. That, exactly. That's <laughs> that, true. But I also, I think it's a little bit easier to dress as a woman because we have so many options. You know, we could wear a dress or or pants or a skirt, but I know what you mean. Okay, so this is good that you all are here because you're going to help me overcome that statement because that's typically what comes out if I get frustrated. I'm like, you just don't understand. It's so much harder for me. But you're going to help me understand that, no, it's not, and that I probably do have the appropriate clothes in my wardrobe for any type of setting. And again, we are really going to frame this in terms of dressing for success and for a job interview, but really and truly, it applies across the board professionally. So let's talk about that job interview. So we first of all, you want to know the company that you're interviewing with. You want to know what their standards are. And so you don't want to walk into, you know, if you're interviewing with a fitness company just because you think that it would be okay to wear fitness wear. Don't wear my yoga pants. Yeah, we probably don't want to wear our yoga pants. Um, you, you know, find out, is that what the CEO or whoever it is that you're interviewing with is going to be wearing? Because then maybe it would be okay. It's always better to be overdressed than underdressed is the maxim that I want to go with. It's a, because it's important to remember what you're wearing is a way of communicating who you are. Exactly. And your clothing is a big form of nonverbal communication. Right, exactly. How you're dressed and how you're groomed, that's your visual resume. You know, mm-hmm. that's what people are, they're, they're seeing you and they're, they're making impressions. Whether you like that or not, they are making impressions. And I think that that is a great tip. Just in my particular position, I have the opportunity to interview a lot of different folks for different types of positions. And I have definitely seen the gamut when it comes to how individuals address for for an interview, but there is no doubt that that initial first appearance when you walk in the door of being dressed appropriately really and truly sets the stage for the rest of that meeting. So in thinking about tailoring to the, the specific industry or the type of industry that we might be interviewing for, I liked what you said a minute ago about 
identifying what the person that is interviewing you might be wearing. Right. Yeah. And that just do some research. You know, if you can go and visit, maybe you can go undercover uh, <laughs> and, and visit just to kind of see what's going on in that company. Now, if it's a really small company, that might not be easy to do. But, you know, if you're here at the university and, and you're interviewing, it's really easy to walk in a building and, and just kind of look and see whose names are on the door and, and kind of what their dress might be. Beyond that, you know, go online. You can do a little research about that company and see what it looks like and, you know, get a feel. But do some homework. Don't just get up on the morning of the interview and decide, okay, I'm going to throw on this and, and we'll be ready to go. Because like we said, this is your first year opportunity to make your first impression and you don't get a second chance to do that. So... And I feel like that dress and appearance, that really matters regardless of the level of a position that you're applying for. So my son's a teenager, and he is looking for a part-time job, and he went in to fill out a job application the other day, and he told me he was going to go do it. It was a day that they were off school, and he had a plan. You know, I said, you got to change your shirt before you go. And it's not that any place that he was going in to fill it out, it wasn't dressy environment. It wasn't anything like that. But he had on, he looked fine for a teenager. He had on a t-shirt and jeans. But I said, you know, you got to put on a collared shirt. And, you, you know, mm -hmm. you need to you need to look the part of, you know, of being someone that they would want to hire. And they know that you wear jeans and a t-shirt on a, on a daily basis. And, yes, everyone in there is probably wearing jeans and a t-shirt to perform that function. But put on a collared shirt. Like, be be proud of your presentation. Good point, because you always want to dress maybe one level above, you know, in the case of if it's a place where they just wear T-shirts and jeans, mm -hmm. do the collared shirt. Or if they wear collared shirts but no tie, maybe put on a tie for the interview. Right. That, but, and that's um, always a great way to be. And that's even on the job dressing. You know, uh, we talk about if you're presenting to a group, you want to be one level above what your group is so that you're respected and, and, and you seen stand, yeah, as you the stand as out as a, the, authority the authority figure. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, those are all important characteristics to have. Also, you know, when you are dressed well, it helps with your own self-confidence. And so that is also projected, whether you're interviewing for a job or just presenting to the Chamber of Commerce to make yourself feel more confident in what you are presenting or, or interviewing for. And I think on that, so any of these levels, whether it's a casual dress, regardless of what you're wearing, you want to make sure that your clothes are clean and pressed or neat and also that they fit properly. And that's yes. the big thing with confidence. And no matter what right. size you are or what body type, make sure your clothes fit properly and you can consider getting things altered or tailored if that's within your budget. Let's talk just a little bit about tailoring and altering because I think sometimes in my mind I'll think, oh, that'll be really expensive. Is it costly to get something altered? Just in general, I know it depends on how much alteration it is. Sure. But like if you need to have a hem. Right. Not necessarily. I mean, you can find people in town that will hem a pair of pants for $10 or $20. Uh, you know, but you just have to weigh in, well, how much did the pair of pants cost? Right. But people can do that. People can't see us, but you and I are both short. And so that's something that, um, you know, that's a skill that maybe you might want to learn. You know, if you're going to have to be hemming a lot of pants, then maybe learning how to hem pants might be something that would be beneficial. Right. And through our extension initiatives, we have sewing classes right. and those sorts of things yes. where we can teach people how to do that on exactly. their own. We weren't really going to go developing new skills, but perhaps this is a good opportunity <laughs> to develop a new skill. Mm -hmm. So let me ask this question. We've talked about various situations and maybe being dressed one step nicer than than the person that you're interviewing with. I feel like that, um, you know, there's different kind of levels of dress out there that often you'll hear terms like, 
casual or business casual? What really are the different situations that you would wear different types of dress? So I'm thinking casual dress can be very casual and where we're going to be. Lots of times we see students dressing when they come to class very casually. And so that could be anything from the yoga pants and t-shirt Shorts, to t-shirts. short. Yeah. So that Jeans. would be your, your lowest level. We're not p- putting a judgment on it. That's just We've got to start somewhere. So that would be level number one. Um, And then we have business casual. And so this is going to be dependent a little bit on your situation or your environment, your working environment. But we typically think of khaki pants and a, a, you know, a collared shirt if you're a man or, or a collared shirt if you're a woman, you know, polo style shirt would be business casual. And then we can go up a level with that and we would call it business casual too. And you can add a third layer. So you might have a jacket or a twin set might be something that a woman would wear. To, right. I to see Mindy has up. on a twin I set. I on a twin set today. <laughs> I thought I should dress mm-hmm. the part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then professional would be a suit, jacket. Right. Mm-hmm. Structured mm-hmm. dress or with a jacket or a sweater or something like that. On my cheat sheet for our show notes, you've given me a term called value-based wardrobe. What is a value-based wardrobe? So this would be a situation where you don't have a whole lot of money, but you want to always look your best. And so you're going to find those key pieces that are versatile and can be used in multitude of situations. So it might be that little black dress. You know, we we often hear uh, referred to the little black black dress, but really that is something that can be dressed up or down depending on what shoes and accessories that you use. You might go with khaki pants or khaki skirt um, are good to have. You know, nice neutral colors that can be switched out with various tops and bottoms, well, so that you can maximize your dollars. A way to think about a versatile garment is something that's basic and simple. So when going shopping, think about that. Is it basic and simple, and can I accessorize it? And quality. You know, uh, it might be that you can purchase this $10 dress, but if it's only going to last through one laundry cycle, then maybe that was not the best $10 spent. But you could go to a nice consignment shop and buy a $10 dress that, you know, is held up for someone else for a little while and it will hold up for you as well. So think about the difference between cost and value and not necessarily Always right. let Qu- price be. Quality uh, is a big, uh, I think, a big component mm-hmm. because when you have those, you spend a little bit more for the nicer pieces right. that are made of nicer materials and, and fibers and yarns and, yeah. the con- and the construction, the mm-hmm. way it's put together, it'll be more flattering. So sometimes it's worth to pay a little bit extra, but if you watch for those sales and yeah. like you said, going to consignment shops, it'll really pay off in the end. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of sale shopping. If you can spend as, <laughs> for certain basic investment pieces, it's good to spend as much as you can, as mm-hmm. much as you can afford. And sometimes I say you want to dress the part. So if you're it's looking right. to get that really nice, good job. If you don't have any disposable income right now, especially when you're going to interview for jobs, you don't have that. And I know local communities also will sometimes have a community type closet mm-hmm. of where professional dress has been donated that you can that you can go in and find regardless of age or position or whatever it is that you're applying for, but that you can also go in and find professional dress. And just as I listen to you all talk about a value-based wardrobe, and certainly there's the cost-saving aspect of it, but Jeannie, I know that you're an organizer by heart, and we should probably yes. do a whole podcast 
podcast on organization, but it also sounds to me like that really and truly kind of you're minimizing your your closet, which makes it, I would think you more organized in life and probably takes some of that stress away in the morning of trying to figure out what it is that you're going to wear because you're not looking at it as much. You're trying to just figure out how to put the pieces together. Yes, absolutely. And I would love to do a podcast on organization. Like that. In the future, <laughs> that would be fun. Just as we were talking, I thought it, it popped in my head. I was like, what and even the the quote unquote capsule wardrobe. Yes. But yeah, I think the fewer garments you have, uh, you go for quality over quantity, and mm-hmm. it does make getting dressed easier. But and just stick with those basics. Well, and I mean, so many times I hear someone say, "I have." closets and closets of clothing and I don't have a thing to wear. Nothing to wear. I say you wear 20% of your clothes 80% of the time. But in this case, I mean, I know we're really, we're focusing on dressing for success and it is hard if you're starting from the bottom, you don't have Mm -hmm. a lot in your clothing budget, but there are definitely ways to go about this so that you can dress for success on a on a minimal budget. So we talked a little bit about how important it is that we get quality garments. But how? what about taking care of those garments? What are some things that we can do to make them last longer? Right, that's a good question because, well, basically, one big thing w- with this this whole dressing for success thing, if you come home from your job interview, or even if you've got the job and you come home, at the end of the day, when you get undressed, first thing, don't throw what you wore on the floor or even in the laundry, because most likely it can be worn again. Uh, you can just hang up your items, uh, let them air out, because you really want to avoid overwashing or over dry cleaning as much as you can, because that will put wear and tear on your garment and it won't maintain its nice appearance and last as long. So now certain things you do want to wash often, you know, your undergarments or if there's a a shirt of a certain, if it's an easy care fabric, you can throw it in the wash. But, you know, suits, suiting material, whether it's made of wool or even polyester, just hang it up and wear it again. Wear it as many times as you can because as it airs out, the moisture from your body that's trapped in the clothing will evaporate, and then the odors will too. So I think that's the the main thing, mm-hmm. and it really helps protect your investment. And then sometimes if you've got a garment that's wrinkly, you can, whenever you hang it up, you want to make sure that you're hanging it up nicely on the hanger so you're not going to create bulges or ripples right. in the garment. But then you can hang it in the bathroom when you're showering. If it gets kind of steamy, it'll help release those Wrinkles. So what about fabric refreshers? We're kind of like kind of going right <laughs> off subject here. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about those fabric you know, refreshers that we see advertised? Yes. Well, mm-hmm. you know, personally, not whether I'm endorsing or not endorsing, I I don't use them, but I from what I've heard, they're okay. But I think we can that would be something we we could address once I get more research since we want our information to be research based. Yeah. In some of our publications that we have online and ex- under extension, uh, we do reference dry cleaning kits that you can use in your dryer. Mm. I don't know about recent research on that. So, okay. but I think every when it comes to laundry and caring for your garments, whether they're stuff you'd wear to work or not, everybody's going to do their own thing and they're going to look stuff up on the internet and whether it's true <laughs> or not. So, we will definitely work on that programming. So, stay tuned. Yeah, and I will say in just thinking about reading labels that that is something I've learned over my working career is to be very cognizant of what the label says mm-hmm. and how to care for for the garment because dry cleaning especially can be so expensive that I do want to make certain that it is something that that will wash and wear now 
personally, and y'all that listen a lot know this, I like to iron. So I don't really worry about how badly that the, <laughs> the fabric will wrinkle. I can I can let that go in my shopping. But I do I do always look at the label to know how to care for it because then I'm also thinking about the future expense associated with that with right. that garment. Because that is part of the cost. So as you're trying to dress for success and you're going out buying that first, you know, dress or suit. Mm-hmm. Definitely check the care label. And if it says, no matter what it says, whether it's machine wash gentle or hand wash or dry clean, take that into account. And if it does say dry clean, most likely you should get it professionally cleaned every so often just to help get the soil out. But sometimes you can launder those items at home Mm -hmm. that say dry clean only. So and that, again, we've got information on our extension website about those sorts of things. And also you can over dry clean. Yes, you can because <laughs> you can really will, see the wear on something. That will, that will. I did now, not know I that must, that was a thing. It, it's not a worry because I don't like to pay for dry cleaning. So I certainly don't over dry <laughs> mm-hmm. clean, but I didn't know that that was a thing. It is, it is. But, and I, I must say I am guilty. Mm-hmm. And as a clothing and textiles expert, my husband wears, uh, you know, really nice button-down shirts to work every day. Mm-hmm. And we send him to the cleaners after one or two wearings. And it's really just because he wants them to look crisp. And I've tried to do it at home, tried to wash them and iron them, but it's not worth, you know, not right. to, it's not worth it's, my time. It's hard but to get the Yes. Look. So I, I am raising my hand saying I'm, I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. You know, we are guilty probably over dry cleaning his shirts, but you know, it is best to not over dry clean, like like Mindy yeah. says. Mm-hmm. Ladies, this is fun. I feel like that we could talk about clothes all day long, but I appreciate you all being here and joining us today and really just kind of getting folks thinking about, you know, how it is that they can dress for success if it's for an interview or just professionally in, in the world that they are working in every day. I think one thing to add, just remember, after all is said and done, don't forget to smile. That's right. That's, That's a great right. tip. That is That's a, a great yep. tip. Always important to smile. Mm-hmm. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.